This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast, where each week we sit down and have discussions about Christian faithfulness in the college campus. To learn more about City Church Tallahassee and our ministries, head to citychurchtallahassee.com. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with one of our senior student leaders, Kevin Pham, and we're going to be talking about relationships and how to be intentional. Kevin, could you just start by talking about how you came to know Christ and how you got connected to this church? Yeah, for sure. Um, My parents are not believers, but they sent me to a private Christian school in town just because they wanted me to have a private education. Um, it was actually the same high school you went to, North Florida Christian, mm-hmm. down the road. And uh, it was a Christian school. They um, preached the gospel at a young age when I was in first grade. And I came to know the Lord then. But I don't think I started to take things seriously until about fifth or sixth grade, um, where a youth pastor reached out. The church was like connected with the school, kind of weird. But um, the youth pastor, Jesse Bryan, reached out to me and says, hey, I want you to come to this camp called Snowbird. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, um, I want you to be a part of this. I care about you. And I was like, I'm not a big camp guy. Um, no, thank you. And he was like, I think this would really be good for you. Um, and so I was like, you know, this guy really cares about me. I'll give it a shot. Um, went to Snowbird as a sixth grader, uh, built a relationship with that youth pastor um, and came to like really realize um, what following Jesus means, um, and I started taking my faith seriously, started reading scripture seriously, and then towards the end of high school, you reached out to me, I think mm-hmm. I remember when I was a senior, uh, when you were the youth pastor here, um, asking me to come play some music with Ryan Whitfield or something like that, yeah. long, long time ago, um, and I came, and I remembered my old youth pastor was leaving the church, and I was like, I just need something new as I'm going to college. Um, so yeah, spent my senior year here. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as you got rolled on to the college pastor, I've been here ever since. Yeah. And one of the reasons I invited you to be on the podcast was because I've been able to really up close watch you. I've been your mentor in our student leadership pro- yeah. program for three years, two Something years, like that, I think two. it's three years. Yeah. And, um, and I've been able to watch you kind of evolve and you've really become this figure in our student ministry team. We have about 60 to 70 college students in it that is known for being intentional and trying to bring people together and trying to work across different friend groups. And um, I'd love for you just to talk about um, what are what are some ways that college students can try to really be intentional with other students when it comes to building relationships? 
Yeah, I would say um, something that someone told me once, I think it might have even been Dean in a sermon, is to never eat meals alone. So if I'm eating meals um, outside like fast food, it's usually mm-hmm. because I've been lazy and haven't like prepared ahead of time or I'm hurried. Um, and so usually if I'm eating out, I'll just think, man, I want to text. I need to text someone to see if they're willing to spend um, like an hour and we'll just eat and hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I try to do it with actually someone that's not one of my close friends. Try to do someone from my city group, reach out to them, um, and see, like, just text a bunch of them and see, like, hey, 5.30, dinner at Chipotle if anyone's interested. And usually, like, someone pop up is like, yeah, I have nothing to do. Let's let's do it, you know? Um, and in those times, like, good conversation happens, and I feel like those moments have really grown from. So, so yeah, I would say never eat meals alone. Yeah, there's a book called Never Eat Meal, Never Eat Alone, and it's actually a secular book, but it reminded me of a talk that uh, Dehati Lewis, who's a pastor at a church in Atlanta called Blueprint, and he does stuff with the North American Mission Board, he gave when I was an intern in college with the North American Mission Board, he gave a talk called Discipleship as Intersection, Not Addition. And we mm. talk about that a lot in student leadership. Yeah. Like, rather than feeling like you have to add all these types of activities so that you can hang out with people, it's more and disciple them, it's more about, um, taking the things that you already love and do and trying to be more intentional with them. Talk me through like how to be intentional with a meal. So let's say someone's listening to this podcast and they say, you know what, I'm going to be intentional with a meal. I'm going to text somebody. We're going to go to Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or wherever. Like what are some things that they need to do in order to make the most of that time? Yeah. So usually if I'm going with someone I don't know very well, I have the same questions, you know, eat with them or we'll get our food. We'll order, we'll sit down and I'll just be like, Hey man, like where were you born? Where are you from? Um, are your parents believers? Did, when did you become a Christian? Do you have siblings? All these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually somewhere in the midst of that comes like a big story about how they came to know the Lord or like one of their lowest moments in life or something like that. And then I'll just be like, man, that was really cool. Um, and like from there on, like there's like the walls are down, mm-hmm. you know? And like they're always free to text me. I'm, we'll always remember that first meal together from there on. And so, yeah, always coming with questions and then just genuinely like wanting to know more about that person. I'm not trying yeah. to talk a lot during those meals, you know, like I mm-hmm. want to get to know this person. Um, yeah. So when you're, do you make an intentional effort to try to work across different friend groups too? Because that's something I've noticed with you is that you're kind of a bridge a lot of times between, you know, just naturally people are going to find people that they're close to. And I don't think there's anything inevitably wrong with having close friendships, but within student leadership, you know, we are trying to work together and get to know each other. And I've noticed that it seems like you do things to try to pull people from different pockets together. Is that true? And yeah. what does that look like? I appreciate you saying that. That's very kind. Yeah, I would say I do try to. I want to. So I want to love everyone well, right? Like, and so with that, I think I want to have a connection with anyone I I could meet or talk to. So that being said, like if someone's into sports, I want to have a little bit of knowledge of what's going on in the world of sports right mm-hmm. or if someone's really into music like i'm really into music so that's easy if someone's into working out like i also have an avenue to talk about working out if someone's into board games then it's like yeah i also play Catan, you know mm-hmm. so i want to be um well knowledge in all these areas so i can talk to like the first the kid that comes into ccu right and doesn't know anyone mm-hmm. i want to be able to connect with them on some level of anything so um yeah, because I'm just, I do want to care for people well, especially the first time guest that comes into our church, right? So I want to love and care for them well. It, was there a, a moment or a time where that clicked for you and the light bulb kind of came on and you really wanted to turn up the knob on intentionality with other people? 
I would say yes, um, because I think back to Ryan Whitfield, mm-hmm. probably one of the first people I met at City Church. I also think of Sam Woodick, you know, mm-hmm. and those people were very intentional towards me, and they were really good towards me, gave me their time, um, and like people talk about those people that walk into the room and it's like a little easier to breathe, you know, and yeah. Sam Woodick was that for me. And so like every, after every meal with him, um, cause we used to hang out a lot. Um, I'd be like, man, that was such a, a refreshing time, a good time. And I remember those times when I was like freshman, you know, and I'm like, man, I want to give that to others. Like I want to be that for other people mm-hmm. that when I'm around them, they're like not, they don't tense up, but they rather, they're like, it's easier to breathe. It's, it's like an easier way to talk, you know? So mm-hmm. And I mentioned that last week on the leadership podcast um, or two weeks ago on the leadership podcast where there's p- types of people who walk in the room and they say, here I am. And yeah. then there's types of people who walk in the room and say, there good. you are. Mm-hmm. And I do remember, you know, Sam being really intentional. What, what were some things that Sam and Ryan did in yeah. your life that made you feel that way? For sure. So Ryan McCroll was actually my first city group leader. It was after I graduated uh, my senior year of high school that summer. He texted me out of the blue. I remember him being like, hey, I lead the city group. Um, would you want to come? And like during the summer after my senior year, I was doing nothing, you know? Uh, so I was like, yeah, for sure. I, and I came and I don't remember what we talked about or anything like that, but I remember I kept going um, through my freshman year to his house. Mm-hmm. And he would always uh, invite me over to play Catan. And which stand, is a board game. Which is a board game, <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know. Um, a really nerdy one, but yeah, he would always invite me over to play Catan or watch movies or mm-hmm. anything, you know, and he was always like, his door was always open to me. And then Sam lived with Ryan. Um, and Sam also played in the band and I play in the band. So whenever I had music questions, he would just be like, Oh, come on over. And like, we'll we'll play, like, we'll walk through that part. Um, so they were very giving of their time to me and like looking, like looking back now, I also want to be giving of my time to others. Right. I want to be generous with my time. Um, and I know, like, not everyone has the time to give, uh, but Dean talked about it yesterday in the sermon or whatever mm-hmm. you would call what we do on Sundays now, but he says it's not the sum, it's the portion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think of John Hoke, who, like, is a personal trainer, wakes up early, you know, on many days of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, is working, He's one of our junior students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Currently. Um, he's married. Um, is working towards a pre-PT degree, but he's still a faithful student leader in our mm-hmm. church. You know, he makes time for me, you know, like a good friend uh, to come over for dinner sometimes for, with him and Lily. And so I think like, um, like everyone has time to give, you know, even the busiest of us. Yeah. And I remember earlier this year, I was preaching on the parable of the talents and was talking about how a talent is really anything that the Lord gives you that you can use for his kingdom. And I think a lot of times college students think, well, you know, I'm not super influential. I don't have a ton of money. I'm not super, you know, honed in on a certain skill or craft yet. So they kind of slide by and get lazy or act like they're a kid at the kids table. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we try to do in the student ministry is say, no, like use what the Lord's given you now right. to do the best that you can now. Yeah. And, um, you know, and don't make excuses. And as yeah. things change in your life, it's probably actually going to get harder. And one of the things we really do try to encourage the college students to do is like, if you have a car, that's a talent. Yeah. That's a, that's a car that you could. Or a place to live, yeah. right? Or a place to live. Like Brandon Boone, who just graduated, he's one of our senior student leaders. Taco he's parties. Taco parties. Yeah. And he got really good at throwing taco parties. And the thing about it is that Brandon is not a super outgoing guy. Like right. you would never think if you were just met him and, you know, he's going to be laid back. He's not going to talk a ton, but yet he says, okay, I have a kitchen. I have couches. Yeah. Let's get together and try to create this environment. Sure. We've seen people get connected to the 
ministry through that. Yeah, you know? and I would even say like he does not have a big living space at all. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the smaller living spaces out of the friends that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember going to those things, showing up a little late and being like, there's 40 people. Like, how are you fitting this many people in this small room? And it's like, not everyone has a seat, but everyone can sit on the ground. Yeah. Everyone has food to eat and everyone's going to have fun because we're going to play some kind of game, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. He and he doesn't have tons up. of money. But yeah. he's taking what he does have, and he's trying to use it yeah. to create and foster community. What are some other creative ways that you've seen college students or you yourself have tried to create just some some opportunities for people to have community, especially, too, with lost people? We're trying to just introduce them to people in the church before right. you know, necessarily trying to get them in certain environments. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually lived at home for the first three years of college. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were gracious enough to let me live there, and then— um, they were gracious enough to let me move out and pay for um, my rent for a house. So I've been living with two guys who are really easygoing. Um, so when a winter came around, I love bonfires. And so um, made sure it was okay with them and tried to throw bonfires like pretty often, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, on Fridays or Saturday nights and just really invite like whoever, you know. Um, so that's one way. And then since we had a big backyard closest to the stadium on game days, we threw tailgates mm-hmm. um, and tried to really just text that student leader group chat that we have. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, guys, tailgate at our place. Um, we'll start around this time. Like, bring whoever, bring some food. Like, we'll have a good time. It's just trying to use, like, what the Lord's given us. I think Paul Sabino said it once um, when he came and preached here, uh, another church planner. He said, um, you have been blessed so you can bless others. I think mm-hmm. Dean even said that on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to remember that, like, man, I'm given a lot, and I want to use it well um, for God's glory and to love others well. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you've seen younger student leaders who are maybe still kind of getting their footing or maybe more introverted people mm-hmm. outside of doing these big kind of taco parties, bonfire? What does that look like to try to be intentional? Yeah, I think, I don't know if you met me during the stage, but I was a pretty shy guy at some point. I don't remember when, um, I feel like I'm extroverted now, but I don't remember when mm-hmm. that happened. But um, I think I would say to those younger student leaders or younger folks who are a little bit more um, to themselves, I'd say like, sometimes you have to learn to be the the initiator. You mm-hmm. know, like you can't wait for people to come to you all the time. Um, I th- been working out with Hank, our uh, resident, a lot, and we mm-hmm. tell each other a lot this quote. Um, it's kind of funny, but somewhat applicable in this situation. Uh, don't wish for it, work for it, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't want to wish that I'm part of a friend group, or I don't want to wish um, that guy was my friend. I want to work for it, mm-hmm. right? And so I would say um, to those who are shy, like, you're going to have to, you know, work towards these things, and um, you might have to be the initiator. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, like, going back to the meal thing, like that's an easy way you know just asking people out to grab some food like you have to eat and so yeah making good use of those times yeah and it's funny it kind of ties to something that they teach in premarital counseling here uh which is like if both people assume that they're the problem and they're working at it Mm -hmm. like the problem's going to be resolved but if both people are pointing fingers and saying you're the problem you're the problem you need to work on it you go work on it then it's never it's never going to happen and i think that to tie that into what we're talking about, and we really try to encourage our student leaders to live this out, is we want to work as hard as we can to create community, to create events for people to get connected, to Mm -hmm. try to find all different types of ways, whether it's a bonfire, to pick up basketball, to taco nights, to et cetera, fill in the blank, you know, for people to get connected. 
and we're going to work as hard as we can on our end, but people right. do need to still initiate and put in the effort and work right. hard too. Like there has to be a mutual connection, a mutual desire for connection. And so, um, that's something that I definitely see our older student leaders too, trying to pass down mm-hmm. to the younger student leaders. And you were talking about when you were shy, I definitely noticed for you when you became more intentional was when you got around Ryan McCrawl, yeah. you know, who yeah. at the time was really leveraging the season of life he was in to mm-hmm. have a lot of people yeah. over. And that's a good point. Cause he was single at the time, mm-hmm. had a, a pretty big backyard, big house and was all, and you know, wasn't doing a crazy amount. He's working for the church. And so, that's a good point that you make, like using his time of singleness really well. Mm-hmm. Now he's engaged and doesn't have as much time, but yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And intentionality is something that, you know, it'll just, you'll get more and more intentional and no matter what the season of life is, you can find ways to bring people into that mm-hmm. and disciple them. And we've seen a lot of success from that. I would love for you too, just to share, you know, one of the things that you said is I, I want to show people that I love them. I care for them. I want to welcome people in. What are some tips on how students can be hospitable when they are at a meal or hosting an event or leading yeah. a city group? I would say, um, regarding when people walk into a city church for the first time, usually for our service, um, I don't get a lot of lobby time. Like mm-hmm. I don't get to hang out a lot before cause I'm playing the band, but when I'm not, um, I try to remember like, dude, like don't hang out with your best friends. You'll mm-hmm. see them later this week at some point um, and try to make it a point to go talk to someone that um, frankly just like doesn't know what's like going on. You know, they're yeah. just kind of kind of lost. And someone told me this once, and I think that might have helped me become a little bit more extroverted. They say, you, you go be awkward so they don't have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's awkward for them to be like, Hey, I'm here for the first time. Can I come hang out with you? Yeah. You know, like all these staring, things. Staring, you know, staring at their phone. Yeah, off to the side. like yeah. by themselves. And so someone uh, told me like as an inviting person or a hospitable um, community. We want to, we want to be the awkward ones so that they don't have to be mm-hmm. and to draw them in. So, um, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. And one of the things I found in life that's helped me is to put myself in environments where I'm the new person mm. or I don't know the drill. And so like, whether that's, you know, a few years ago, I thought it would be fun to train jujitsu. Yeah. And I yeah. remember like just walking in there and not knowing anyone and not knowing the, all the different little things that the people did, when to stand, when to sit. It was actually very, you know, kind of parallel to church yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. And it's like, and just kind of sitting there stretching and like not knowing who to talk to and right. all of that. And it made me remember what it's like for people to come to church and the courage it takes. You know, for us, it's like we're going to church and we're seeing people we know and love and, and friends. And for them, you know, they got in their car and they didn't know what to expect and yeah they maybe they got there early and they're embarrassed and right you know or maybe they don't know when to sit when to stand mm-hmm. you know how long's the service gonna last like yeah all those types of things and i think that when if you put yourself in environments where you're new like you started training crossfit a couple of years ago yeah for my freshman year yeah, yeah. and you were the new guy oh yeah and you remember what it's like i do yeah and, and people then, came along and they asked me like hey do you need help with these you yeah. know with some movements and it meant a lot. So I do think that that's a helpful thing is, you know, think about think about a time when you were new to something yeah. and that'll help you have empathy. Or if you haven't been new to something in a long time, get outside your box and put put what we would call outside eyes on. Right. Like what is it like to walk up to this group? And um, what other things do yeah. you think that students can do for hospitality mm-hmm. or care? Yeah, I would say uh, as a part of leading small groups, 
someone once told me uh, i feel like i'm saying a lot of like that's one-liners good. now no, but i feel good. like you also you I also like say it. those yeah. and like i might have picked up on that at some point over the years one-liners are cool man one-liners are cool i suppose um <laughs> so someone said uh, vulnerability produces vulnerability uh, mm. regarding small groups and so um every small group or city group i've been able to lead the past two years um the first night we get together we i always open up like hey guys like um, if you know the Lord, let's. I want to hear how you came to know the Lord in, mm-hmm. in a short three-minute thing because there's so many people those first nights. Um, and if you don't know the Lord, that's fine. Like, just come and listen, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'll be like, I'll start off, you know? And I'll, like, straight up say, like, some of the lowest points of my life, you mm-hmm. know, some of the things that I struggle with um, and things I'm ashamed of and all these things. Um, and these kids are like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe he said some of these things. Mm-hmm. And so I started off, like, just being like, like I'm not ashamed like the Lord has saved me from these things that's not who Mm -hmm. I am now Um, but odds are these guys are still growing and they're still struggling with some things and so um, yeah trying to be vulnerable that first night and then you go around and like these kids like slowly open up on the first Mm -hmm. night when they don't know each other Um, so I would say yeah vulnerability produces vulnerability that's something that's really helped me uh, to foster a good start to city groups um, instead of taking like four weeks to like finally get like accustomed to like mm-hmm. seeing these faces and being comfortable, it's like we can just be comfortable off the bat, you know? Yeah. And that circles back to intentionality too. Mm-hmm. You could do that with even lunches. Like I found when yeah. I'm vulnerable with people, yeah, during you know, those because lun- it's so easy just to talk about surface level things. And so you finally invite somebody from class to a meal and you're sitting down and you're talking to them and then you're just talking about sports the whole time or the newest movie the whole time. There's nothing wrong with doing that a little bit, but then that lunch with you is no different than a lunch with an unbeliever. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that part of being a, being hospitable too is, is kind of modeling that vulnerability and saying, let's talk about like, how's things going? What's it like being new in the city or, Mm -hmm. you know, are you struggling with PT school or, you know, those types of things trying to open up? Yeah. And I think something that's also helped starting off our small group. So like, some people do weird icebreakers, right? Like I've heard weird, like start to city groups. Yeah. Well. I like the normal, like what's the best part of your week and what's the worst part of your yeah. week. And that way you get to know this guy's like the best part and his worst part, you know, and you get to know him better instead of some odd story, which mm-hmm. those are fun sometimes. But, um, but yeah, and usually that first week too is really um, like a lot of freshmen are coming in. And so I had to ask them like, what's the best part of college so far? And what's the worst part um, really gets them open early. Yeah. Was there somebody who was first, like, vulnerable with you that modeled that? I think of Todd Doss when he uh, he came to our city group. I don't think yeah. he was the first one, but I remember uh, I invited him to come to our guy's city group, mm-hmm. talk about some stuff, and, like, he would just tell us, like, straight-up things, you know, stuff that, like, you're like, oh, man, I'm not – I did not expect him to say these yeah. things. And like Todd's these are our uh, worship, worship pastor here, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he would just talk about his marriage and some of, the, like, the best like the best parts and the worst parts, you know, just being real and mm-hmm. honest. Um, and so those, like, intricate stories, I'm just like, man, those are very helpful and real stories, you know. They're not mm-hmm. vague. Um, so I think of Todd for that, yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed that can really prohibit building relationships with people is our cell phones. And mm-hmm. I, I looked back uh, probably about three, well, this would have been four or five years ago. I was at summer camp and, you know, I was kind of multitasking and somebody was talking to me and I was on my phone doing something. And, and if you were to say, Hey, what did I say? I'd be able to tell you what you said. Mm. And uh, a friend of mine, Taylor Langston, yeah, who me and him me grew yeah. up in high school together and uh, served together for a long time um, before he moved away. Uh, he came up to me and was like, Hey man, when you are on your phone, 
and people are talking to you, even if you're listening to them, it seems like you don't really care what they're saying. Yeah. So even if you can tell them what they said, it, it seems like you don't really care what they said. That's the issue, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that really stuck with me. I tried to make a behavior change yeah. right there. Um, what are some other things that you feel like are, are bad, <laughs> you, know, you know, taboo or negative things to do when it comes to building relationships and being hospitable? Yeah, the first thing I think about is um, going into lunches or small groups and talking too much maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've been guilty of that times where I'm just blabbering and I'm like, oh man, I don't know anything about this guy, you know? Or you, I think everyone's been in that small group where there's that one guy that's talking too much and, mm -hmm. and everyone else is like, I just don't even want to be here at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Like this guy's been talking for 20 minutes. So remembering um, to genuinely care about the other person, to get to know them um, and not talk about yourself too much. And then I think with your phone, like maybe a little off topic, but like being on Instagram too much, I don't know what the stats are now, but I know for me, like there was a season where I was on my phone way too much, you yeah. know? Um, and something, I don't know what uh, clicked. Maybe I was reading a book recently, but now like I don't have Instagram on my phone. I don't, I haven't looked at Snapchat in years. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll look at Instagram for maybe 20 minutes at night, you know, mm -hmm. like while eating dinner. And that's like my only time. I'll get on my computer and just scroll through and see what's happening. Um, and then in reality, it's like a lot of these things happening on Instagram, I really don't care about, you know, mm -hmm. um, because if those people are close to me, I'll text them and then I, I will mm -hmm. already have known what's going on. So, um, yeah, just getting off of Instagram and like, I think Hannah talked about it, um, during the podcast mm -hmm. where she was on, but having like these comparison issues with other people and seeing mm -hmm. maybe relationships that look like they're the most perfect thing in the world, uh, where in reality, like behind the scenes, it's not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think going back to your phone thing, like we are, I think my generation is on our phone too much. So yeah. so yeah. And I think that, you know, if it pulls you away from the people you love or, or the things that you need to do, it's a really big issue. Mm -hmm. Or if it makes you less satisfied with what the Lord has given yeah, you, you that's know, that's an point. issue. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I've realized that a lot of students would rather pretend like they have these relationships or this lifestyle than to actually pursue those relationships. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's you had to, to be on Instagram, if you wanted to have great friends with a low Instagram or a high Instagram with all fake friends, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of students unfortunately would rather appear to have that than yeah. actually have it. And that's really sad. You it know, is sad because you can still have great relationships without having friends on social media. And, you know, people use it for different things, but you know, my wife, like, she just realized that she had told herself for a long time, well, people need to see photos of our kids and, you know, people might need to contact me or reach out to me or all these things that we tell ourselves to right. try to justify staying on when we don't want to. And yeah. then my wife eventually realized, like, I can text photos or share iCloud yeah. links, you know, photo links. And um, there's a better way to do these things. Yeah, there's yeah. a better way. And for her, it just like for me, I like being on there because I like looking at photographs mm -hmm. from different like nature photographers yeah, yeah. and I like seeing you know seeing what people are doing I don't find it pulling me away from the people Family, I'm with yeah. and I don't f find it making me less content but I, everybody's different you got to yeah. respond appropriately yeah, to yourself um, one of the things I also know that's that you're really good at is I, so I've been your official quote-unquote official mentor through student leadership for about three years where you're assigned a student leader uh, mentor and you we have somewhat bi-weekly depending on season yeah five groups, really yeah um, Depending, yeah. And, uh, but you also go above and beyond to try to find other people in this church to mentor you, whether it's on finance mm -hmm. or, you know, music relationships, whatever it may be. Could you talk about 
finding mentors in the church and how you try to make the most of that and then how you try to turn around and mentor others? Yeah, I would say um, I'm 22 years old now and I do not know enough about life. You know, like there's a lot more to life um, out there. I'm not, I don't know if I consider myself a godly, like a man mm-hmm. yet, um, but I'm, I'm wanting to be a godly man. Um, so I need help, you know? And so um, I also don't know how to work finances super well right mm-hmm. now. And so I think of Robert Coleman, who runs our finances at the church. Um, I remember hearing about him and I'm like, man, I, he's, I don't know how old he is, 75. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, man, I think he probably knows a lot about finance. And I would love to learn that right now so mm-hmm. that I don't make dumb mistakes growing up. Um, and so just learning to like get out of your comfort zone and like I said, be the initiator and mm-hmm. just going up to him and be like, hey, Mr. Robert, I'm Kevin. Um, Hunter told me about you. I know you run finances here. And I would love to sit down with you over a meal and just hear about um, how to manage my finances better as I grow up, as I get a job. Um, and he loves it, you know? And yeah. I've come to realize that like not only him, but so many other older people in this church love interacting with mm-hmm. college, like younger people, you love know, because um, they're Christians and they don't want to hoard like their knowledge to themselves, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, I I think of Robert and he's been so good to me. He'll he'll even be like, yo, we haven't hung out in a while. Like let's let's grab coffee, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of him and I think of really half the staff of the church, like Matt Crawford and Joe, mm-hmm. um, and then Brian, who's not. Um, on staff, but it's very mm-hmm. knowledgeable about scripture, always willing um, to listen to my questions and to answer them mm-hmm. um, because I can't, I can't do it alone, you know? And so these guys, I think the Lord's given us a local church for that reason, right? Yeah. Like I only get to, to talk to them because I'm a part of this ministry. Um, and I'm, so I'm grateful for that. And so, yeah, I try to reach out to those guys and to learn a lot from them. And I know that they'll come to me and say, Hey, you know, Kevin, he knew what he wanted to talk about like generically you know like yeah. oh i want to learn from you about this thing or you would come with mm-hmm. questions yeah, which is I good try to, to be mindful of yeah try questions. to respect their time and mm-hmm. then also like something i've learned is like a lot of people want mentors but they don't really know exactly what they yeah. want and then a lot of people want mentors and it's like i want you to meet with me two hours every week versus like saying hey like a couple of times throughout this year like right. let's sit down and talk life and talk about finance mm-hmm. and having multiple mentors i think you've done a good job of that and we hope that student leaders will yeah we we try to structure one in our student leadership Mm -hmm. program but like i know that people in this church exactly like what you said they really do want to you know like pour into them and i know a lot of students are probably looking for mentors um but they're afraid to ask and i think you told me this once but it's like if you're not willing to ask you probably just don't want it enough you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah like it is intimidating to go up to these guys maybe and ask if they'd sit down for an hour you know, um, for a meal, but, um, but like, these are life lessons that you need to learn, you know, and you, yeah. it's better to ask these guys and hear what they've gone through than try to figure out yourself. And how um, have you tried to mentor younger students in our church? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think I try to be generous with my time. Um, and so something that, um, there is a moment that I remember that might've flipped the switch for me to be more hospitable at, but my second city group I was a part of was Mike and Mike, my sophomore mm-hmm. year. These two guys, they were both named Mike. Um, and I, like, again, like I don't remember the specifics of what we talked about in that group, but they would always end group with, um, if you need to talk about something or if you just need a friend this week, mm-hmm. um, call us up, we'll grab a meal with you. First meal is always on us, you know? Um, and so, yeah, um, 
those guys are really intentional and they loved and cared for me well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember that and I want to do that for others. So um, if someone's calling me up and asking for a meal, like I try never to say no. And mm-hmm. I think you've done this well. Like, I, like I'm studying civil engineering. There were busy times in life. So instead of saying no, it's like, hey, I can't at this time or this day, but can you do it this time, this time, or this time? You yeah. know, instead of, and um, set up options so they're not just like left in the dust. So I'm not just saying, hey, I can't. They're like, oh, okay, well, he, didn't, he must not want to, you know? Yeah. But um, setting up specific times, yeah. Are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? Oh, man, I'm not. I have two questions to ask you at the end of it. <laughs> All right. I handed it. Well, let's do the rapid-fire questions first. You you go ahead and do mine if they're serious. Uh, yeah, they are, they're kind of right. serious. All right, well, let's face it. I just have two. What are some things you're able to enjoy during this time, during quarantine, uh, that you weren't able to during the normal flows of CCU when we were full swing? So I was talking with Hank and Amanda who are both on our college staff Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've gotten to know certain people better than I would have if I, if if we were just in normal, like there's just a a, a level of, um, we're doing check-ins and FaceTimes with people and just kind of, um, those types of, we've kind of tried to kick it into drive and really check in on people. Mm-hmm. And we, we moved our student leader meetings to weekly and mm-hmm. we broke our student leaders into different grade groups. And we've done some things that have allowed me to meet people within our own church that I've loved and cared about and right, known to some yeah. level, but I feel like I've got to know some of them better. And then on a family front, I've got a lot of good time with my family, good conversations. And um, I found it in a lot of ways to be more challenging for me spiritually to be honest. Okay. Because I'm just out of certain rhythms that yeah, help right, me. Right. You know, remember in, in those uh, Sonic video games where he'd hit the little treadmill thing and it would boom, shoot him off yeah, and boost him up or whatever? Like in my day, there would be things like that that I took for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd show up to work and I'd be getting a cup of coffee and then Joe Thigpen, our discipleship pastor, would come up and he'd <laughs> share something with me and boom, it would help me. Yeah. And then now everybody's a little more disconnected and we've lost a lot of those regular rhythms and interactions that mm-hmm. help. So I've found the spiritual side to actually be more challenging, which is probably good. But I found, you know, I've got to know my own family better and I've got to know, you know, other student leaders a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. And then my second question and last question, uh, you've been college pass for three years ish now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite CCU memory that you've had or your favorite season maybe? Hmm. That's a tough one. I think for me, the, my favorite memory was um, the first time we ever did launch at Langford. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I, I came in in the spring and we started doing monthly meetings and I started to meet students. And then mm-hmm. uh, we started to build a student leadership team. And every year, student leadership has improved and we've done a better job on every front of that. Yeah. But, for sure. you know, I started to try to find student leaders that I thought would, would be um, great. And I sat down with one of our seniors at the time, or actually he was a junior, Andrew Carp, had breakfast with him and he just really encouraged me. And he was like, I feel like, you know, the Lord has been so gracious and generous to me in salvation. I want to turn around and be gracious, gracious and generous to students in our church. Cool. And yeah. whatever you feel like I, we need to do, I'm going to be fully on board. I'm going to be your number one cheerleader. And he's been that. And he even yeah, lived with yeah. me for a season that. Um, of life when he was a little bit older and he was in the minor league baseball team. He'd come back here and live with me in the off season. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And so we were kind of gearing up and I was starting to meet students. And the first, like, uh, I would say official thing we really tried to do was launch at Langford. Yeah. And, um, I remember, you know, just so much work and uncertainty and we put out 400 chairs and we created graphics and we tried to explain like, this was our first year of really city church. You as we know it today, you know? And, um, I remember, you know, just being so nervous that like, I I remember in my head, I was just like, man, even if there's like half the people there, like at (laughs) least like, you know, like just, and just being really scared, you know? And then I remember that night, like we didn't have enough chairs. Right. I remember, I think I stood in the back, stood in the back and we had over 400 people at our first ever one. And our, our students were just so faithful to go out and pass out flyers Mm -hmm. and invite their friends. Yeah. And to me, like, I was standing back there with my wife and I actually have a photo of this in my house of the first ever one. It's just me and her standing at the event. Cool. And I just, I remember tearing up and just being like, the Lord is so good. And these students work so hard. Like it felt like a victory for our church, yeah. you know, because it wasn't because pe- most people didn't even know like what lunch at Langford was. They're like, what is that? Like yeah, a yeah. job fair or something, you yeah. know? And, um, but th- just really for the first time, just seeing this huge team of students go all in for yeah reaching their friends that's cool it's my favorite one that's a cool memory yeah all right rapid fire with kevin what is the hardest crossfit lift oh man uh for me overhead squats um i would say for me deadlifts Mm. yeah Surprisingly enough, if you're taller, some people say they have a better, better deadlift because they have more of a hinge because they will have longer bodies. Interesting question. Interesting first question. I'm really bad. As at a taller guy, dogs. I've always felt like tall guys always pretend like shorter guys have better mobility and yeah, squatting. Tall and guys say that a lot about but weightlifting. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what is the most impactful book that you've read as a college student? Oh man. Um, a while ago, I would have said, what's best next? That's talking about efficiency mm-hmm. um, and your time management. And it's a, it's a Christian book mm-hmm. um, and talks about how if you're efficient with your work, you can serve others well and mm-hmm. you have more time to do whatever you want. Um, so that one. But recently, Brian Seagraves recommended a book called uh, Digital Minimalism, talking mm-hmm. about how um, our phones have almost taken over our lives and we need to use it as a tool instead of using it as entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Digital Minimalism, I'd say for right now by Cal Newman, not a Christian book, but very yeah. helpful. Yeah. And I actually, we talked about Cal Newman um, when I was interviewing Ashlyn. Yeah. I, he might be a believer. It's not a Christian book, but I think Cal Newman might be that. a believer. Yeah. I think I heard an interview one time. I read that book also and thought it was really yeah. good. He writes great stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? Just Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung is also really good with yeah. decision making. Anything Kevin DeYoung writes, to be honest, for the most part, I've always enjoyed and learned yeah. a lot from. What was the most um, helpful piece of student leadership for your spiritual development? Um, honestly, I would say, I would say our mentor group, um, and then just to publicly encourage you here and let everyone know, like there are times where. I was going through something um, and I was like, man, I don't know who to talk to. I'd call you up and be like, hey, dude, I need to talk whenever you get a chance. And you'd be like, dude, come swing by my house this morning, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I would come and Azaria's running around and Hannah's like making smoothies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you would sit there and talk to me. Uh, so I'm really grateful for that. But I would also say, like, that's because uh, both you and I have put in the work for mm-hmm. our friendship, relationship, mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Um, after like, what, four and a half years, five years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it didn't 
come um, within a week, but it's like we put work in towards a good friendship, good good mentorship, and so um, I'd say that's one of the most helpful things about student leadership. Yeah, and I had to kind of convince you to be a student leader. Yeah, remember I remember that's that? me a little punk. No, well, it was a funny, well, yeah, well, you were coming back from summer camp where you guys had great summer camps. One of the summer camps can be such a great incubator for spiritual growth for college students because you can go and get away from all the worldliness and really focus. And I remember the first year that we ever did student leadership, we didn't really have very much structure and we we had a lot of things and you were worried about accountability. And I, I remember this was one of those fantastic moments that it's just like, I, you know, people I don't like, have to be embarrassed. No, no, say no. Here. People, well, people, you, you challenge people. I've seen you do this and kind of, I did it with you and then you, you, I've seen you do it with others, but just being like, look, I know that this isn't perfect, but would mm. you rather do nothing? Yeah. I actually do remember that. Then, you know, would you, is this so bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. And, and I remember you to your credit, you were like, that's a good point. Like, even though, because it's always funny when students are like, I remember, I had a student leader sit down after the first year and they're like, I really think that you should interview personally every single student leader. And I was like, I agree with you. And then <laughs> they were like, what? And it yeah. was like, we're going to try to do that next year, but I just couldn't work it in or, you know, I don't have the time yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like people, you know, people, it takes a lot of courage to share feedback. And then I'm like, I agree. And then yeah. they're like, Oh, like, yeah. it's like, I just don't have this magic wand to always make everything perfect. But, you know. Yeah. And I think that conversation probably helped me out also because I think he said, are you going to be a part of this? Or are you going to, like, just not be? And I was like, oh, crap. Like, am I just going to complain and, like, yeah. talk about this? Or am I just going to go and, like, help put work in and hopefully mm-hmm. build this thing to something? So, yeah. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you for how you have stepped up and helped build this college student leadership team. And. Um, thanks for just giving us this time to talk about hospitality and intentionality and mentorship and relationships. That's really what we wanted to talk about. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.